Something to note, all myths have many versions and variations. For this episode, we've selected the stories that are most entertaining and supplemented them with additional research into Greek traditions. Our versions may not be the myth you're familiar with, but we hope you enjoy them. And be warned, today's episode contains depictions of violence and torture. Please exercise caution for listeners under 13. There was a time, long before recorded history, when the Caucasus Mountains echoed with screams. They came from a single individual. He was dragged there, inch by inch, bleeding, bruised, covered in scars. On his right side was Kratos, a man of muscle and raw power. On his left was Bia, a wiry woman whose hair was short and ragged. Behind the three of them came Hephaestus, god of the forge. He did not leave Olympus often, but this was a special assignment. I am sorry, my friend. I did not want this for you. I wish you knew just how hollow those words... Kratos and Bia threw their prisoner roughly to the ground. Bia pointed a blood-stained finger to Hephaestus. Do your work, blacksmith. Hephaestus knelt down before the prisoner as the guards withdrew. Those two give me the creeps. All right, get up. On your knees. Don't even think about doing anything daring. Kratos and Bia are just dying for an excuse to tear you limb from limb. Do you think that would kill me? You're the prophet. You'd know. Just get on with it. Hephaestus brought out a set of iron manacles, forged to withstand the strength of 10,000 men. He affixed these to the captives' wrists and ankles, then gave a nod to the guards. Bia strung the chains around the mountainside so tightly that the captive could not move an inch. His chains would remain forever taut, and any attempts to adjust his position would pull his shoulders and legs out of their sockets. Are you sure you got that tight enough? Because I could pick the lock with my teeth if I really... You poor, poor fool. Why did you have to measure your wits against Olympus? Because Olympus always came up short. You know that, cousin. Hephaestus gave one last sad look at the prisoner before turning and beginning his descent. Without taking their eyes off their victim, Kratos and Bia followed, walking backwards until they were swallowed by the fog. Cold winds battered the prisoner. It stung his open wounds, but he did not go numb. Gods healed too quickly for that. He was left there, exposed on the mountaintop, forever in agony. (laughs) Welcome. Glad to see someone witnessing my suffering. I suppose you think this seems horrible, don't you? Well... Don't feel too much sympathy. I am a criminal of the highest order. Unrepentant. Accept thy fate, Piafolos. With wide, wide open eyes I sinned, knowing it would lead to this. I saved them, I alone, from sheer annihilation. Piacaeus. I have won wars for gods without raising a finger. I am the... Most dangerous man on Olympus, for I know the one thing Zeus fears. Desmotus! Behold, Prometheus, hated and banned for my love of men. Prometheus spoke to the wind, and only his own screams answered. (laughs) 
Welcome to Mythology, a Spotify original from Parcast. Every Tuesday, we present dramatic stories from ancient mythology and explore their origins. I'm your host and narrator, Vanessa Richardson. You can find all episodes of Mythology and all other Spotify originals from Parcast for free on Spotify. Today, we'll be telling the story of Prometheus, the titan of forethought, sometimes called the creator of humanity. He's most famous for being the one god in Greek mythology who put the interests of humanity before his own. And in doing so, he found himself in a deadly battle of wits with Zeus himself. But first, we'll hear how a titan saved himself from certain doom. This episode is brought to you by Anytime Fitness. Forget dark alleys and cemeteries. For some, the gym is the scariest place of all. But it doesn't have to be. With a personalized plan and expert coaching, Anytime Fitness can help make the gym less frightening. Get more for your gym membership than machines. Get personalized support anytime, anywhere. Visit anytimefitness.com to try it for free today. Terms, conditions, and restrictions apply. See website for details. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Prometheus occupies a unique place in ancient Greek mythology. Neither a member of the old gods or the new, he's both a trickster and a tragic hero, someone whose cleverness makes him invaluable for the gods, but whose moral core makes him inconvenient for the selfish Olympians. The story of Prometheus first appears in the writings of Hesiod in the 8th century BCE. In both the Theogony and Works and Days, we hear how Prometheus the trickster defied the will of Zeus multiple times and was punished greatly for it. But today's retelling of his story owes a great deal to the play Prometheus Bound by Aeschylus. While Hesiod presents the crimes and punishment of Prometheus like a fact of nature, it was Aeschylus who illuminated the true injustice of Prometheus's fate. Our story begins with the Titanomachy, the war that shook the cosmos, a time of great destruction, but also, as it turns out, a time of creation. Onward, brothers and sisters! Victory is close at hand for Olympus! It was the dawn of a new era, Zeus, the youngest son of the titan Cronus, had returned to wage war on his mad father. His brothers and sisters joined in the rebellion, seeking to overthrow the titans and place their new hero upon the throne. The titans fought viciously, holding their ground for nearly 10 years. They put their hearts and soul into this fight, all of them save for one. That would be me. The name's Prometheus. You may have heard some stories about my grisly fate, but let's not spoil it for the newcomers. I am the Titan of Foresight, which means that I could read the threads of fate and see where certain actions will lead. I didn't particularly care about my uncle's war. I didn't care about Zeus's grievances either. All I cared about was you. Your ancestors, that is the first humans. I created them mere years before the war broke out. 
I molded them out of clay and gave them the ability to reason. But they were so fragile. They lived in terror of the skies. Men would leave their homes and come back to rubble. Entire villages would disappear without a trace. My kin were so careless, they could wipe out an entire bloodline with a single step. I made it my mission to keep this species alive. It was like tending a dying fire. Prometheus knew that humanity's best chance at survival was to end the war as soon as possible. And as the titan of foresight, he had just the tools to do it, if only Cronus would heed his counsel. Listen, uncle, I am no strategist, nor am I a warrior, but I see where this is headed. I've seen your tactics, and let me be honest, brute strength will not win this war. Within the year, we will fall if we do not change our strategies. We must outwit these rebels. I can tell you exactly how to do it. Cronus and his war council laughed at the young Titan. Even his brother Atlas, general of the Titan army, scorned his advice. And as they laughed, Prometheus saw precisely where the scorn would lead. Doom for them and oblivion for his new creation. He turned and swept from the chamber. There was only one thing to do. Go to Mount Olympus and make the same offer to their enemy. It was dark when Prometheus reached the peak. When he reached the newly crafted gates of Olympus, he wrapped a hand around the bars and shook. As he predicted, two guards appeared to investigate the noise. One was broad, the other lean. A man and a woman, wearing little clothing. No armor in the world could make their rippling muscles and sharp teeth any more fearsome than they already were. The man's eyes were red, the woman's entirely black. Hello there! Do I? Yes, I know you. Kratos! Bia! Children of Pallas and Styx? We're cousins, once removed, I think. You are Titan. We Kill Titan! Whoa there, hey! Look, I have no weapons. I knew you would have a grand time tearing me to pieces, but I think your new king will want to hear what I have to say. You may yet die by our hands. Ow! Hey, watch the fingers! Do you have to hold me so tight? Kratos and Bia led Prometheus to an inner chamber where Zeus, the youngest son of Cronus, rested from the battle. Any sign of weakness vanished as soon as they entered the chamber. What is the meaning of this? Who is this and how did he get past the troops at the base of the mountain? It was no great challenge. Your troop movements are very predictable. Don't take that as an insult. Everyone is predictable to me. I'm still waiting on an introduction. Oh, did I not say? I'm Prometheus, the Titan of Foresight. You're a Titan? Why have I not seen you on the battlefield? Because I'm the Titan of Foresight? Look, I can see the end of this war, and it does not turn out well for Cronus. You can see the future? Well, my mother can. I'm just a very good observer. I observe the actions of others the same way you would look at an apple falling from a tree. If you take an action, I can calculate where that action will lead you. Some would call that seeing the future. I call it foresight. I don't understand. You don't need to understand. You just need to agree to my terms. Listen here, betrayer of the Titans. I don't ask for terms, I make them. You make them, yes, I know. My price is small. All I ask is that you spare my family from any retribution that is coming the way of Cronus and his followers. And what are you offering me? My counsel, of course. Prometheus saw a number of different emotions play across the God King's face. Disbelief, rage, wariness, all things he had anticipated when approaching Zeus. 
he had also seen the obvious, that Zeus was young and new to the ways of war. Even the most skeptical general would not turn away such an offer. Very well. Now, since you claim to be the Titan of Foresight, tell me, how do I win this war? By turning your gaze to where Cronus is blind. Prometheus was true to his word. He told Zeus how to break the Cyclopes and Hecatonchires from Tartarus, giving Zeus his thunderbolts and a critical upper hand. As Prometheus had foretold, the war was over in a year. I really wish I had the chance to tell Cronus I told you so, but it was wiser to let the world see this as Zeus's victory. With their enemies in chains, the Olympians were finally able to enjoy their new home. They drew lots for domains, had children of their own, and threw a celebration the likes of which have never been seen before or since. They were all there, the young gods and their new allies. Prometheus hung back to the edges of the crowd. Next to these young gods, he felt like an ancient. He did not intend to stay long. Prometheus, I've heard so much about you. Oh, uh, hello. Have we met before? Don't think so. I'm Hephaestus, Hera's kid. She gave birth to me alone. Something about wanting to get revenge on Zeus for giving birth to Athena on his own? I don't really understand my mother. Well, it's a pleasure to meet you, Hephaestus. I think you should come by my forge sometime, have a drink and talk shop. Oh, I'd be honored. There are so few on this earth who appreciate the joy of creation. That's what I've been saying. Working at my forge is almost like... Pure joy? That's it! Oh, sounds like the big guy wants to give a speech. Can I have your attention? <clears throat> Greetings, allies all. As your duly appointed king, I must thank you all for your aid in disposing of those vicious brutes, the Titans. Present company excluded, of course. Zeus raised a glass to Prometheus, who winced at the shout-out. For my first order of business, I will undo the work of my father. The world will be made clean, and we can start anew, with never-ending fields to call our own. All the insects that live there will be returned to the mud they came from. No! Prometheus pushed his way through the crowd until he came face to face with Zeus. The new king's eyes glittered with electricity. No? Do you object to our sovereignty over this world, Titan? Please, do not destroy the humans. They have done nothing wrong. That's of little concern to me. They're gross and in our way. I made them in the likeness of gods. Surely to destroy them is to disrespect yourselves. Bah, stuff and nonsense. Why should I care about some half-formed imitations? Because they are thinking, feeling beings, made without our imperfections. They are not jealous or cruel or petty. Careful there, Prometheus. It sounds like you're holding them above the gods. Of course not. My creations are faulty, fragile, but... But what? I could get them to worship us. You, uh, worship you. How do you feel about statues built in your honor? Tithes and devotion? Uh, surely a king is nothing without subjects. Hmm. You make an interesting point. I will ignore your rudeness for now and grant your wish. Go to these humans and teach them how to best pay tribute to their new gods. Oh, thank you, Zeus. In ten years, I will bring you what I have. A year. What? Uh, but to build their culture, their observance, their temples, it's quite a project. Uh, the festivals alone will take... On second thought, let's make it six months. But... Of course, my lord. And when those six months are up? Meet us at Makone. There we will decide the fate of this project of yours. Coming up, Prometheus attempts to save humanity. 
the most urgent mysteries in the world are missing persons cases. The stakes are too high not to pursue every plausible possibility, and some implausible ones too. I'm Sarah Turney, host of the new podcast, Disappearances. In 2020, after spending years searching for the truth, I used social media to help bring justice to my sister Alyssa's nearly two decades long disappearance. Now, every Thursday on Spotify, I'm exploring the many reasons people disappear and the impact their absences can have on those left behind. From child abductions and mystifying murders to those who took drastic measures to start over, each episode of Disappearances journeys through a different high-profile missing persons case, ripped from the headlines and ripe for explanation because no one just vanishes into thin air. The answers are out there, waiting to be found. Follow the Spotify original from Parcast Disappearances. Hear a new episode every Thursday, free and only on Spotify. This episode is brought to you by Anytime Fitness. Forget dark alleys and cemeteries. For some, the gym is the scariest place of all, but it doesn't have to be. With a personalized plan and expert coaching, Anytime Fitness can help make the gym less frightening. Get more for your gym membership than machines. Get personalized support anytime, anywhere. Visit anytimefitness.com to try it for free today. Terms, conditions, and restrictions apply. See website for details. Now back to the story. The early days of the Olympian gods were a paradise above. Zeus and the others reveled in their newfound powers and imprisoned their predecessors in Tartarus. Only a few escaped imprisonment. One of them was Prometheus, titan of forethought and creator of humanity. He had betrayed Cronus to save the mortals from certain destruction, only to find them at the mercy of Zeus instead. Though the war was over, Prometheus could not relax as the other gods did. The survival of humanity still teetered on the edge of a cliff. If he could convince them to worship the new gods, they would be spared Zeus's wrath. His mother, Themis, waited for him back on the earth. The former queen among Titans lived a modest life among the humans, content that two of her sons had escaped Tartarus. She only wished that Prometheus would be so content. I saw this coming. I saw that you would go from one tyrant to another. Please, mother, can we not do prophecies at the dinner table? Suit yourself. Okay, so... What we need are ceremonies, festivals, maybe a temple or two. That should appease them, right? Zeus will want a burnt offering. That's what I was afraid of. I know that look, Prometheus. This is not something you should trick your way out of if you really care about keeping humanity safe. He'll expect me to offer the best parts of the feast. Well, he is the king. But he doesn't need it, mother. He doesn't go hungry, he doesn't starve but I cannot see any way to make both sides happy. You're right. There is no way to appease both humanity and Zeus. Don't tell me you're on Zeus's side. It's not that. I just wish you wouldn't. Wouldn't what? Care for my creation? <sighs> my son, you do not know what it's like to live an entire life as a prophet. You can read the threads of fate as well as I, but the fates show me what will happen, exactly what will happen. I saw Cronus in a dream, wretched and in chains, long before he began to fear a usurper. I see you. Mother, don't. I see you, Prometheus, in great pain. Please, do not utter another word. Why are you willfully blind to your own fate? Do you remember what you used to teach us? You used to say, so mightier far is destiny than skill. If my fate is immutable, what point is there in knowing it? The point is to prepare yourself for the worst, for the consequences of your actions. If my actions are just, I will bear the consequences. Do you understand? I do, but... But what? There is something I have to tell you. 
Don't worry, it's not specific. It's merely two names. They will mean nothing now, but they are the most important thing I can give you. That night, my mother, the goddess Themis, told them to me, and she was right. They were just names to my ears. Even my skill at foresight could not deduce their import. But I will never forget them. Thetis. Thetis, yes. That was the first one. And the second was... Io. Io. Thetis and Io. Though I am chained upon this rock and suffer in ways that no mortal man ever suffered, I will never forget these names. Even if a thousand lifetimes pass before I see another soul, some poor traveler would find me here, having forgotten my own name, still able to tell him... Thetis and Io. But I'm getting ahead of myself. Let's go back to that challenge with Zeus, shall we? I don't think we have a choice, Prometheus. Offer Zeus the greater portion of the feast, and the humans will make do with what they have. Portions? Yes, that's it! It's all about portions! Prometheus, I'm your mother, and I can see the future, and I still have no idea what you're talking about. That's probably for the best. <laughs> I think I've come up with a new mantra. When gods get what they want, man goes hungry. In the days leading up to their deadline, Prometheus and Themis threw together the most lavish festivals for the gods. There was dancing and revelry, ballads and worship. I was particularly proud of a play I'd written about the Titanomachy, glorifying Zeus's defeat of Cronus. It was all a bit overproduced, but that was largely the point. At the peak of Mount Olympus, Zeus watched the procession greedily. My, my, Prometheus. Your feast must be something to merit such a preamble. At Mekona, the gods arrived, dimming their divinity so that the mortal emissaries would not burst into flame at the sight of them. The only god not in attendance was Hades, who, as ever, had more important things to do. Prometheus knelt before Zeus, a burning brazier at his back and several mortal priests at his sides. Well, well, Prometheus and his insects, do you have an offering for me? I do indeed, most mighty Zeus. Come forward and see. I see a disemboweled bull. After your impressive festivities, I expected something more. Oh, it's not just a bull, my most clever and all-powerful king. I have split this animal into two parts, one for the immortals, the other for the humans. You will choose the offering you prefer, and it shall be incinerated, its succulent smells offered up to Olympus. Oh, I see. You want us to have the first pick so that we are appeased, is that it? I couldn't have put it better myself. Zeus did not take long to decide. The pile on his right made his mouth water. It was snow-white fat, glistening in the firelight. The one on the left almost turned his stomach. It was the bull's gizzard and skin, flies circling above. Zeus turned his eyes back to the right pile, licking his lips. I'll take this one. Throw it onto the pyre. Excellent choice. The priest took the pile and tipped it into the flames. The fat melted beautifully, sizzling sweetly against the coals. It was only then that Zeus saw what lay beneath the fat. It was nothing but the bull's bones. There was no meat on the pile at all. You, you. Does that not smell delicious, my king? Zeus looked over to the other pile and saw the humans carrying it away. Beneath the gizzard and skin were the steaks, chops, the real meat of the beast. Prometheus had tricked him. You, come back here! Is there a problem? You, you knew I'd go for the inferior pile. 
Well, nothing to be done about that now, is there? Unless you also want them to believe their god is prone to go back on his word. You're treading on dangerous ground, Prometheus. Calm now, Zeus. Mortals can't live on fat and bones. You did them a favor with your choice. You may call it a favor. I call it trickery. I'm sure I don't know what you mean. The look on Zeus's face was priceless. It was all I could do to keep up the facade of innocent Prometheus. Zeus knew that he could not slay the humans now, not without the other gods resenting the destruction of their new followers, but he also could not let me go unpunished. Prometheus, you have done well. Such a mind as yours is wasted on mortals. Mm. You're too kind. And you're a fool. Just because I cannot destroy the humans doesn't mean I cannot punish them for your deception. Zeus raised a hand and reached toward Prometheus. Terror gripped the titan's heart and he fell face first onto the floor. But Zeus was not reaching for him. He was reaching for the flame that burned behind him. His hand closed around the brazier and everything was dark. Hello? Zeus? Anyone? Prometheus heard a sharp clicking sound next to him. It was one of his priests trying to strike his pieces of flint together, but the darkness remained unbroken. Zeus, what have you done? Of course I knew what he had done. I suppose some foolish part of me hoped that even he would not be so petty. He had taken fire from us. I returned to my family's home that night to find Themis and Epimetheus bundled up against the cold. My mother, of course, knew what had happened, but my fool of a brother thought that maybe they had misplaced the good kindling. I thought Zeus would see the error of his ways with no more sacrifices forthcoming, but the nights only grew harsher. Men were forced to eat their meat raw and shivered as they slept. It's brutal out there. Your gift of prophecy remains uncanny, Mother. We should petition Zeus to return fire to man. He will not listen. I wounded his pride too greatly. Grovel then. We cannot go on like this. Groveling will not heal Zeus's wounded pride. What's to stop him from withholding fire from the mortals anyway, just to spite me? I just think that maybe if you convince Zeus to see reason... You know my future, Mother, but please don't presume to know my present. If humanity survives by Zeus's mercy, then they will be at his mercy for the rest of time. If he could take fire once, he'll take it again. Unless... Unless what? Unless there's a thief willing to get his hands dirty. If the gods won't give fire back, I think I'll have to take it from them. Prometheus, you know what will happen if you try to break into Zeus's palace. Who said anything about his palace? Coming up, Prometheus plays with fire. Now back to the story. Prometheus had a problem. Zeus, angered at his trickery, had taken fire from humanity. Although winter was still a foreign concept to humanity, without fire, the mortals would be trapped, unable to forge tools, cook food, create any sort of technology. Prometheus saw the potential of fire the same way he saw all things if he focused hard enough. Let me be clear. I did not look at the fire and immediately think, this will lead to steam trains and the internal combustion engine. But. Such things were not far from my imagination when I saw how the gods used fire. That is the difference between foresight and prophecy. Anyway, uh, you were saying about the fire? The fire was locked away from him, sealed in a vault on Olympus and guarded by the children of Pallas, Kratos and Bia. 
The incarnations of strength and cruelty could not be outwitted or tricked into abandoning their charge. Prometheus had to think of another way to reclaim what Zeus had taken. Hello? Hello? Hephaestus, are you in there? Huh? Oh, Prometheus, come on in. I didn't hear you over my work. To what do I owe the pleasure of your company? I thought I would finally take you up on your offer to see your workshop. This was not fully a lie. Prometheus had long been curious to see Hephaestus's forge in person, and he was not disappointed. Set in the heart of a volcano, the metal catwalks of his workshop were arranged in concentric circles over a never-ending pillar of flame. Bellows worked without stopping, and an army of clockwork automatons helped the god with his work. Well, what do you think? Truth be told, I'm quite jealous. You? Jealous? <laughs> Don't make me laugh. I mean it. The assistance, the facilities, the tools. I was only able to make man and beasts while Cronus was looking the other way. Whereas you, you're expected to do nothing but create. Well, never-ending work does come with a price, my friend. When your king is expecting constant renovations to Olympus, new chains for Hades, new weapons for his armies, it gets a bit exhausting after a while. Yeah, try working in mud with only your idiot brother to help you. Ha! I cannot argue with that. Have a seat. I'll pour us some wine. I've always wanted to ask you, craftsman to craftsman, how did you design the human brain? I liked Hephaestus. I suppose that comes as no great surprise. He did not have the ego of the other gods. All he cared about was the joy of invention. I could have talked with him for days without ceasing, but I came there with a specific purpose. If anyone could understand my predicament, it'd be him. Incredible! <laughs> Electrical impulses and organic matter. I can hardly imagine such a thing. To speak truthfully, it's probably my best work. So, I imagine you understand why I'm so eager to protect my creations. Of course! If I were you, I'd have raised an army to keep them safe. I'm glad you feel that way, because I need your help. Otherwise, my creation won't stand an icicle's chance in Hades. What are you on about, man? Speak plain. Zeus took fire from the humans. Flint does not produce a single spark. Lightning strikes dry wood without igniting. It is dire down there. I don't know, Prometheus. One spark is all I need. An ember from your forge. Please. Zeus will throw me in Tartarus when he finds out. Are you also the god of foresight? No. That's what I thought. Listen, here's what's going to happen. In 15 minutes, Zeus is going to send Kratos and Bia down here. What? Why? Because his spies are keeping tabs on me. They would have seen me go into your forge. You've doomed us both. Not if you do exactly what I say. Hephaestus could not refuse Prometheus. As a god born in the aftermath of the Titanomachy, he looked to Prometheus as an inspiration, the reason he had become a craftsman. So he steeled himself and took Prometheus to the forge. He opened an iron gate before the pillar of flame. Then he took a hollow metal tube and inserted it. Five seconds later, he withdrew it from the flames. Here you are. I've insulated this tube so that it will not burn your hands. My friend, you are brilliant. You're not just saying that? Of course not. What was that? Oh no. Prometheus Pircaeus. You said it would be 15 minutes. I may have lost track of time somewhat. Sure enough, Prometheus saw a shadow appear on one of the outer catwalks, a broad, muscled silhouette with glowing red eyes. Kratos. He looked to his left and saw on another catwalk 
a woman crouched like a viper. Pia. Hephaestus, now! Right, of course. Stop, thief! Prometheus bolted for the door, feeling the metal walkway sway violently under his feet. His two pursuers chased after him, clawing over the handrails and leaping from platform to platform. He wasn't moving fast enough. They would catch him before he reached the door. Prometheus looked to the side, where one of Hephaestus's automatons was busy folding a piece of inferior steel. <sighs> Sorry, Hephaestus! <laughs> Prometheus grabbed the automaton and shoved it toward his pursuers. It collided with Kratos, and they both fell to the floor. The automaton's legs worked uselessly in the air. Prometheus had almost reached the door when he felt a horrible, vice-like hand close over his shoulder. Ah! Would you stop that? You've gone too far, Pyrphoros! He looked over his shoulder to see Bia's black eyes staring at him with hate. The heat seemed to be getting to her. From head to toe, her skin was slick with sweat, and her breaths appeared shallow. Far behind her, he could see Kratos heave the automaton off of him and into the lava below. He grinned. My, my, my. Your brother shouldn't have done that. One by one, all the automatons in Hephaestus's workshop stopped what they were doing and marched towards Kratos and Bia. A pair of iron hands closed over Bia's head. She shrieked and let go of her prisoner. Hey! Get off! Hephaestus! Call off your thralls! I'm so, so sorry. They're programmed to defend this forge from invaders. They didn't mean... Prometheus wasted no time in bolting for the door. Prometheus returned to humanity that night and lit a fire big enough for the whole world to see. The mortals warmed their hands and gave their thanks to the gods for such deliverance. As ever, Prometheus remained humble. He stood aside with his mother and smiled at the joy of his people. I cannot believe you did it. You didn't see this coming? I did, but the audacity is still impressive. Oh, thanks, Mom. Look at them. They think that this was just another trial put in their path by the gods. If they knew what you risked. I don't need worshippers, Mother. All I need right now is to enjoy my last night of freedom. It's so hard being a mother, knowing my son's immutable fate. If I could change anything... I know. One last thing, Prometheus Firebringer. A time will come when the Oathkeeper's fate lies on your tongue. Then, and only then, you will be able to change fate itself. My victory was a short one, but I cannot tell you just how wonderful a night it was. For that brief window, humanity was perfect. Perfect and content. Then, those terrible twins came for me. Prometheus, your time has come. Bia, Kratos, lovely to see you both again. I'm sorry about the whole mix-up over in Hephaestus's place. He really needs to work on those automatons. Ow! Shut up! Kratos and Bia dragged Prometheus before Zeus himself. Zeus sat high on his throne, looking down his nose at the pitiful Titan. At this sight, he smiled. All the trickery that had transpired before this had been worth it to see the arrogant Prometheus dejected like this. What can I do for you, my king? You tell me, god of foresight. Tell me, did you see this coming in all your wisdom? I did, yes. Ha! Of course you didn't. If you had, 
you would not have taunted me the way you did. You never understood, Zeus. All this time you thought it was about me and you. You thought I betrayed the Titans for you. That I shaped humanity for you. That I tricked you because it was a great challenge to your mighty wit. Truth is, I couldn't care less about you. Because you do not understand what it is to suffer for another. Enough of this! Prometheus, you will suffer. Oh yes, you will suffer. But not you alone. I've given Hephaestus a task. Based on your handiwork, no less. He will fashion a beautiful woman of clay who is to go to your creations with a jar full of evil spirits. While you are being punished above, humanity will tear itself apart below. They will still fear us, but they will suffer for your sins forever. Prometheus felt tears welling in his eyes. He had hoped that the punishment would be his alone to bear. Humanity would survive, this he knew, but for all other purposes, Zeus had won. Or had he? Something tickled the back of his mind, something that his mother had said to him not long ago. Two names. They are the most important thing I can give you. Prometheus remembered, and he realized. It wasn't two names his mother had given him at all. They were keys, either of which could save him. A time will come when the Oathkeeper's fate lies on your tongue. <laughs> what is it? What's so funny? You, my king! All your boasting and you cannot see where you are weakest. Now you're just grasping at straws. Kratos! Listen well, Zeus. We all know how plain your lusts are, how much you enjoy yourself with women, men, all sorts of people. Well, what if I told you that I know the name of the woman who'll give birth to your successor? You lie. Look me in the eye, Zeus. You know I'm telling the truth. The woman will hurl you to nothingness forever. I alone can teach you how to avert this ruin. Who is this person? Tell me and I may show mercy. <laughs> Not good enough, Zeus. You'll just have to go celibate. I've had enough of your insolence! Take him away! The guards dragged Prometheus, still laughing, out of the chamber. Zeus sat there, silent for a moment, before summoning his messenger to his side. Hermes! In a year's time, check in on Prometheus. Ask him to tell you the name. If he does not, we will make his punishment even more severe. I think having an eagle tear out his liver will do. Hermes took the message and departed. Zeus sat back on his throne. As much as he wanted Prometheus to suffer, he had to admit that he was more eager to hear the name of his destroyer. He could not live with this uncertainty for long. Prometheus cackled his way up the mountainside. He knew how much his words would be tormenting Zeus. But by the time they reached the peaks, his discomfort and pain crowded out all thoughts of mirth. They chained him, and they left him for the elements in permanent agony. And that is where you found me, weather-beaten and unrepentant. You see how I am wronged? You see the injustice at the heart of my story? The greatest crime in the heavens is not to murder or to rape. It is to show the powerful that they have weaknesses too. For this unspeakable crime am I condemned? Look on my despair, but do not weep, for I know two names. Thetis. Io. I will not suffer here forever. One day Zeus will fall. He will bear a child who will unseat him as he unseated Cronus. Don't believe me? I am the god of foresight. I can already see it happen. Prometheus was not forgotten on Earth, as Sisyphus was. He was a patron to artists, craftspeople, potters. His theft of fire would become the opening ceremony of the Olympics, where a torch is passed from hand to hand in a relay that begins the ceremony. Some would say that his story is a cautionary tale to all who seek to share knowledge with others, to beware of unintended consequences. 
But this is not so, because Prometheus knew the consequences of his actions and took them anyway. He knew that the good he would do was worth the pain he brought on to himself. As Aeschylus wrote, All that shall be surely I know. No unfamiliar face to me can sorrow wear, and I must bear my destined lot composedly as I may, nor with necessity wage feeble strife. Prometheus's resolute nature in the face of unimaginable torture would pay off eventually when a lonely traveler happens to wander past, suffering in her own way. But for that story, you'll have to wait. Thanks again for tuning in to Mythology. Join us next week as we tell the harrowing story of the Princess Io and how she plays a crucial role in saving Prometheus from his fate. You can find more episodes of Mythology and all other Spotify originals from Parcast for free on Spotify. We'll be back next week with another epic story. Mythology is a Spotify original from Parcast. Executive producers include Max and Ron Cutler, sound design by Brian Golub, with production assistance by Ron Shapiro, Trent Williamson, Carly Madden, and Joshua Kern. This episode of Mythology was written by Robert Teamstra, with writing assistance by Andrew Kelleher, fact-checking by Bennett Logan, and research by Adriana Gomez. The amazing cast of voice actors includes Tiana Camacho, Joe Hernandez, and Brian Green. I'm Vanessa Richardson. I'm Sarah Turney, host of the new Spotify original from Parcast, Disappearances. Every Thursday, join me for an exploration into history's most gripping missing persons cases. Following timelines, analyzing clues, and piecing together as many answers as possible to find the truth. From prison breaks and child abductions to second chances and even murder. We'll journey through the many reasons people disappear. Follow my new podcast, Disappearances, free and only on Spotify.